Hey, welcome back once again to your favorite podcast at the edge of innovation. It's Disruptive AF with myself, Trigger Jordan, and my favorite co-host, Dan Holter. Dan, hello. Hey, what's up, Trigger? How you been? Dude, good. It's been a great week in the defense innovation environment. And, you know, I'm so excited about not only this week because we're talking to the people who are literally making it happen. Jay Viscara, who is here with us, uh, who is, uh, frankly, he's been one of the guys who uh, has been not only working with Spark Cells, but also making things happen over at the 40, 461st Air Control Wing. Um, there now he's Spark Cell Chief right now at Robbins Air Force Base in Georgia and been involved with a ton of AFWORKS projects to include COVID-19 national response stuff uh, for the collaborative manufacturing efforts and 3D printing and all sorts of stuff. Jay, welcome, man. So glad to have you right here on Disruptive AF. Hey, Trigger, how's it going? Thanks for, thanks for letting us uh, join in and part, part of this uh, Disruptive AF podcast. We're kind of excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, man, so glad to have you because honestly, you know, we talk, we talk uh, a lot to different people who are in the defense innovation environment, but we can never talk enough to people who are literally doing the Lord's work, if you will, of innovation down uh, at the wings, at the squadrons, the airmen of literally making it happen and taking innovation to the business itself. So uh, for yourself, no, uh, behind every great man uh, and great woman, there's a team of people to make it happen. I understand you got a picture for, for us to show your favorite, your team members that make life happen for you. Yeah, yeah, I do. So, so, um, um, this is a, a, a picture of our, our team members, our family team members, uh, so uh, I'll put it on the screen there and and let you guys <laughs> take a look at it. So yeah, within the household, these are our two kind of bosses that run around the house. You've got uh, Chesley and Oban, our, our two Pekingese lion dogs, if you will. And my wife does bring them around everywhere in little strollers and even to the store. So I just wanted to kind of introduce them for the podcast. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's awesome. fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I think awesome. that, you know, this just makes me think of how important it is to have a diverse team. And, and you know, we shouldn't exclude other species from that, should we? <laughs> that's very true. That is very true. All dogs are welcome. <laughs> that, yeah. Dude, that's awesome, man. That's so cool. <laughs> so cool. So uh, not, not, only, uh, not only do you find diverse ways to be able to bring people uh, into organizations in your life and make things happen, but honestly, what you guys do there at the Spark Cell uh, really, a 461st air control wing, man, that's that's huge. And that's one of the things that we can't overstate is just the actual integration of what happens between bringing innovation to the to the warfighter who are literally going out and doing the mission and deploying every single day. So uh, just tell us a little bit about, if you don't mind opening up, kind of your experience yeah, as far sure. as so it, it, You know, it, 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 let's just say it's, it's it's been a long uphill battle, but, you know, um, a lot of the recent successes, uh, really, there was a lot of hardworking grit over the last year or two, and we kind of were pulled into the Spark Cell network uh, through uh, Tony Tony Perez, and you know, about a couple of years ago, uh, we yeah. met at uh, Travis uh, Spark Summit over there, and then lo and behold, uh, this is explosion occurred. And what what I say by explosion, explosion of ideals and resources and and kind of networks. Uh, so. Over the last two years, we, we, we've done that. We've established kind of that ecosystem here locally and kind of uh, found, found the really uh, interesting dynamics, I guess you could say, with the multiple organizations and, and airmen's ideas and then kind of synchronizing that. Uh, add a, a couple of uh, other resources like a local academia. So you have a lot of colleges, Georgia Tech, uh, Mercy University, a lot of uh, uh, outlets over there to collaborate. And then you, you wrap that all up together. And then lo and behold, you, you do uh, – 
find some serendipity there. You know, you, you find some some collaborative, uh, uh, collective uh, thoughts and then solutions for the Air Force. So with that said, we, we, we've got tons of projects here that we've been working on from virtual reality to, to a lot of uh, programming DevOps, uh, working with the colleges I just mentioned. And then just recently with COVID-19, oh man, I mean, that kind of exploded. So where, where everybody kind of worked and uh, let's say slowed down work because of uh, uh, teleworking and, and they were home. No, we were at it. We were at it working with, yeah. with the local universities on testing different solutions, uh, working with the spark cells across the world. So I say across the world because all the way down, all the way to Kadena Air Force Base as well. Uh, you know, and in Spark Cell, Shogun Spark, uh, those folks out there, even in Aloha Spark and, and all the different uh, Spark Cells collaborating on different COVID-19 solutions. Yeah, yeah so I'm that, curious yeah, about, yeah. like, I'm a, I'm a little bit curious about um, your experience as a Spark Cell lead and what the what what that looked like. Do you feel like you, uh, with the Spark Cell, um, you had like the infrastructure kind of built up and ready to respond <laughs> to this situation, or do you feel like you had to spin up a whole lot and figure it, figure it out, you know, last uh, minute? Yeah, that's a great question, Dan. Um, so, so over the last two years, we've learned, uh, to, to rely kind of on the network and the ecosystem to, you know, if there's common threads of, uh, solutions or problem sets, you know, we ping, ping the network, as I like to say, ping the network and yeah. see what's out there, right? So you ping the network and then you find out, you find some really great solutions out there or you find some even more roadblocks that are out there, right? But just the simple fact of pinging the network and, and kind of talking across the board, uh, that was kind of the, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it was easy, but really when COVID-19 occurred, it was that easy to pick up the phone or ping the network and lo and behold, everybody was, Kind of working on the same solutions you know 3d printed solutions and whatnot so then the collaboration uh i guess you could say leapfrog to a certain level where we can have a solution faster than but if we didn't have that ecosystem in the beginning then i i, I wouldn't say that it would be that that easy i think that's a really important thing to foot stomp that um that some of the power of what's happened with the with the buildup of the spark network is that you kind of created this this system that was prepared almost to respond in this way, yes. uh, as opposed to what we had before, which likely it, it would have been, you know, significantly more disjointed. People wouldn't have known where to turn for people who were already motivated to get after thorny problems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, frankly, it probably would have been left to you prior to having Spark and Spark Cells and and the, the, the mindset of innovation that his, is uh, homegrown and very grassroots, you know, going back to what Tony uh, Perez Queso had mentioned uh, when we were talking to him about Sparksel stuff, it's a mindset of response. It's a mindset of thinking differently. It's a mindset of of being the problem solvers. And the fact of, you know, Viz, I, I saw the same thing uh, at, at our base when you're talking about pilot training and um, how do you do academic lessons with a class of 20 students for 40 students that are going through when you can't have the instructor in the room and you can't get together? because we were positioned to think outside the box and that you know video uh, teleconferencing that was just stuff we've already been working on when the wing commander and squadron commander i imagine it's probably the same thing relatively for you that when they came down and said hey we need a video tell uh teleworking capability right now we we're like yeah give us 24 hours and we'll have it set up no problem it wasn't it wasn't something that was this massive muscle movement it was like oh yeah let me call the people that yeah we know um uh, to be able to make that happen and it's this uh because of the proactive work that has been done previously, when it 
when something happens that is forces you to be a little bit reactive, you're able to be, react quickly and get a solution and get something yeah. happening and get moving in that direction. Yes, that's true. And 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 really, um, so building that network around you, and probably this is kind of a tip to to all the spark cells that are out there, because uh, each base has its own dynamics and each base has its strengths and weaknesses. That landscape is different across the Air Force. So the the, the quicker you you kind of recognize that landscape and and you know. Kind of, kind of find the belly button or the push mechanisms that you can get solutions done or collaborate, um, then then you can pull that on demand, I guess you could say, when when a crisis happens or, or things like that. So that's that's kind of a uh, one 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 kind of interesting story. So with COVID nineteen, uh, we didn't have a way to test uh, filtration with with mask and whatnot, you know, because we're kind of experimenting with different uh, solutions for um, uh, mask and barriers and whatnot. So. Uh, we, we just turned to the co local college nearby, and the local college, of course, has a huge medical um, uh, institution over there, and they did the testing for us. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That, you know, so that, that was one example of just you know turning next door, and then wow, lo and behold, you've you've got resources to to a substantial level of of testing right right at your your fingertips. Uh, so that's one example. And then one more thing, I just want to bring to uh, so working COVID nineteen solutions. It was. It, you know, it, it was easier to to uh, on ramp uh, additional solutions because you already had that network established. So, working on three D printed kind of solutions, uh, we landed on a, a potential for well, it's not a potential now because it, it's a success because we got it out there. But uh, a large donation of uh, hand sanitizer. Of, um, uh, so there was a large donation that was given by a private industry, uh, and that we can benefit. The Air Force could benefit basically. So, working with the same units in the COVID nineteen solution network, we easily just ping that same network, and lo and behold, ten thousand gallons of that hand sanitizer got to seven different bases within three weeks. So, yeah. so that that is a strong, powerful network right there if you know how to utilize it. But like I said previous to that, you you have to build that kind of network. You have to get out there. You got to get out out of the office. You got to build that network with industry and. And, and the colleges near you, you know, for and that's kind of specific to what we've done here. But each base has its own kind of uh, serendipity, if you will. Yeah, and I, I really like that uh, that we're kind of hitting on this. This is a this is a subject that we've touched on a bit in the past. Is the the importance of not just you know a process or like you know like or even just having innovators. The importance of creating an infrastructure that they can all use. To be connected and it sounds like to act as a bridge to those other entities that airmen themselves would be either they would probably hesitate to reach out to themselves like just as individuals right i know that i as a as a young enlisted airman i would never would have reached out to a local college to to like find out if they could help me with a solution so providing that that bridging capability, it seems it, it seems like a hugely important part of our innovation strategy in yeah. the Air Force now. And I'd love to see it continue to grow. Yes, and, and there's a lot of mechanisms out there that are uh, becoming more of a, I guess you can say, I wouldn't say a standard, but uh, there are tool sets out there like educational partnership agreements that already exist with, with the local universities around you. They just haven't been utilized. They haven't yeah, been, yeah, yeah. You know, they haven't, there's a lot of resources, a lot of folks um, out there, you know, that kind of laid that groundwork, but, uh, you know, the, the local airmen, they don't know about that. So that's, you know, yeah. uh, part of the spark cell here, we identify those resources and, and connect those together. Uh, and then, you know, let them, uh, 
be free minded. You know, they, they've got the resources and the network. So let them kind of just grow from there. Yeah. You know, that, that that's something that in, in working at the wing level and being able to see it, it's not until I started working at the wing level uh, at an organization to see the connectivity that the wing commander had with the, the community and the importance of that. And realizing that that as you grow in the innovation network, how critical that is, not just at the wing perspective, but at the squadron perspective, because there are organizations literally just outside the gate, less than several miles away, that may have the solution you're working for, and they want to be able to help you, but it's the avenue of getting plugged in and connected to them. One of the, I, I think, a really good example that we've seen just uh, recently, and we're starting to see more and more of it is, as you have, um, as you have contractors, uh, depending on what they do at a base, you know, because the military contracts several things out. As you have contractors, like some of the some of the contractors who've been working with military bases, I mean, they've been working there a very long time. So finding people who are wanting to uh, start working in that industry has been hard because these guys have been working there twenty and thirty years with these military contracts of what they do. Well, by being able to voice, you know, a base being able to voice, hey we have this need that is coming up in this environment. The communities have been able to meet these needs and find people who are interested in those jobs um, on their own because they have a vested interest in the base doing well. So, you know, whether it's a, a whether it's an educational partnership, whether or not it's a, a technical partnership of somebody locally who's able to provide so, um, building that network, man, Dan, I, we can't stress that enough. The importance of building a network, the importance of getting outside of the walls of what you do, getting outside the walls of your squadron, of your unit, of the of the wing, of the group, uh, and not just internally to the wing or to the numbered air force or to the matchcom working with those partnerships, but finding the partnerships that are even outside of the bounds of the walls of the military. And that's the beauty of what AFWORKS does. I mean, it's bringing, bringing those community partners but I think people are starting to realize it more and more that we as individuals in this in this spark, in the innovation, in the defense innovation environment, we have a responsibility to pull those people in too. That we, we don't just need to stovepipe that. We need to do, be doing that and building those connections and building those networks ourselves. That's huge. Yeah, such an important message. Um, and it, yeah, to, to go from the mindset of just being innovators to being innovation enablers, I think you yeah. need that that's such an important uh, thing for for all of us who who have already broken into this space to recognize is that there's still plenty of airmen out there, I think, who who are, you know, it's part of the mission of this podcast really is just to make sure that we're getting the word out there that these things exist, that these communities exist. Uh, and that's why I think the communication piece is so essential. Just Dude, I, people I, need to know. Yeah, there's a story I got to share with you real quick. It literally just happened this week that I was having a conversation with somebody. I'm not going to say what base or you know where it was from, but it was this mindset. Um, that, Jay, it was uh, visit wasn't you. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not about to throw you. Under the <laughs> but anyway, I was having this conversation with this person, um, and uh, you know they were having some challenges with being able to get things pushed through and whatnot. And, uh, and I said, well, why don't you just why don't you just send an email to the leadership and say, hey, this is my plan. Uh, let me know if you have any feedback. And it, it, you know, the phone got quiet, and I said, hey, are you still there? They said, yeah, but I can do that. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, of course you can. In fact, they would applaud it if they got a random email from this person that's kind of connected to the project and said, hey, bosses, I, here's a problem that you've identified. Here's the solution. This is what I'm putting in works. Um, not needing you to do anything. I'm going to take care of it. Just wanted you to know what boss wouldn't love that. I mean, they would yeah. love it. 
and it was this mindset of when they said i can i can do that well yeah dude that's what innovation is is it just taking the bull by the horns and say hey you got a problem i think i got a solution i'm gonna press forward with it let me know what you have uh if it, you know let me know if you have any issues or problems with it but uh, if not uh, we're gonna move forward with it and it's it, honestly man dan we've said it before it's unlocking airmen's hearts and minds it's unlocking yeah. it letting him know dude you are talented you have incredible perspective and we want you to do that and releasing them to do it that's the name of the game that's innovation in a nutshell so a couple of things on, on that and, and it's funny that you brought up that story because because real realistically we, we just had two of those instances here uh so uh yesterday um we're doing all this uh, virtual reality review here so we, we invite airmen to come down and, and review the uh virtual reality training system mm -hmm. and then they take a look at the hub and they see all the 3d printers and they see the <laughs> they see everything around and they're like we have all this here we can actually play with this stuff and i'm like yeah this is actually all for you guys <laughs> you know and, and, and it's really just a matter of like exposure it's it's hard to kind of expose and broadcast you know we, we have we're on a podcast right now and then there's multiple facebook pages and you know innovation this and innovation that but but to have the airmen actually in a hub to to see the 3d printers of the virtual reality, like put the headset yeah. on and actually um smell and feel it uh then 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 boom, they're connected. You know, boom, they they want in right away. Yeah. Um, uh, so during COVID, we had uh, we established a, a gaming kind of a competition with the local colleges. So we set up a, a esport, if you will, type of a, a forum and, and group. And and Airman had no idea about it, but we just put a message out there: "Hey, calling all gamers!" And lo and behold, all the Airmen came out of the woodworks. And, uh, and then, you know, that was one hook and then you invite them over to the hub and then they, they realize, wow, we can do a lot. Uh, and then, uh, you add kind of a rapid acquisitions and agile kind of contracting to that and you can get more, you know, so, so letting them understand that there are pathways and resources to, to get what, what they think will make a better air force. They just don't know it. So, so that's always been an uphill battle, I guess, in an innovation network, right. Is, is kind of a advocating exposing that to the to the airmen to to you know the down to the tactical level airmen yeah and you, you know i think there's something really important you hit on there is that um as large organizations we're always trying to find efficient and effective way of doing things but sometimes there's just no there is no substitute for a conversation there is no substitute for just getting face to face and a phone call and saying hey come down here i want to show you this like let's sit down and have this conversation and I know that, uh, and Jordan, not to chime in or, or, or dime you out, but a P, this is one of the challenges the PA has said is that there's a lot of avenues to get out information, but how do you actually get somebody not just to see it, but to engage with it and to connect with it? Uh, and that, that challenge that, that public affairs is having in the, in, you know, in the innovation space is that sometimes there is no substitute other than, hey, come down, we're going to have pizza and we'd love to get your input on what this is. And sometimes, and honestly, this has happened time and time again, Dan, I'm sure it's has been the same thing for you. Sometimes I, I've invited people down knowing and expecting that they were going to come down and hate everything that is innovation. But you know what? At least the conversation has started. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't invite them down with the intentionality of understanding they were probably going to hate everything that we were doing, at least we're having a conversation and at least we can get started. And at least... We can understand where they're coming from and what their pain points are. And what they don't quickly realize is they they may come down being haters, 
but they leave believers because they understand the point of innovation is to help you identify the problems you have and to get a solution and to and to get a solution it's not innovation isn't something we're thrusting upon you and forcing you to do it's something that we have the, the opportunity to do to help each and every one of us um and, and do that and i know i know we have uh, we have so many stories when we come back we're going to go go to break real quick right here on disruptive af but when we come back we're going to be talking about not only those challenges those stories that we've had but also how has that had a huge impact across not only the air force but the dod as a whole as we kind of discussed that covid 19 because the response not only was air force but it went dod wide and national we'll be talking about that here in a second right here on disruptive af your edge of innovation Are you listening to this podcast and wondering what you should do to get started? Join AFWorks weekly office hours call to hear about different resources and programs available to you and the rest of the defense innovation community. Tune in at the link in the show notes every Monday at 1 p.m. Central to hear more. Hey, welcome back to Disruptive AF, the edge of innovation, your favorite podcast about Air Force and defense innovation. I'm here with my good friend, Trigger Jordan, and we're Hello. talking to Jay Vizcara, who's the 461st Air Control Wing Innovations and Spark Chief at Robbins Air Force Base. Uh, hey, and really quick, before the break, we talked a lot about making sure the airmen were aware of these these uh, capabilities of these these avenues that they could get into these communities that they can connect to and one thing that i kind of forgot to to bring up which you know is just coming into my head right now is this idea that um in you know we we should be inviting people in these spaces but also as innovation enablers sometimes we got to get outside the building and go to where the airmen are uh because that's kind of a piece i see missing sometimes uh, is going you know i feel like sometimes we can get locked up or holed up in our in our spaces where we feel super innovative and, and we've got all the fancy toys and stuff and we forget that there are airmen down there on the on the you know on the ground doing the work who are just maybe they maybe they don't even respond to an innovate an invitation um but as you expressed before uh before the break this COVID 19 response has been an opportunity to get i think even more people involved um and and uh yeah i'd just love to hear a little bit more about um, how, you know, how your team has responded specifically in, in the face of this COVID-19 situation and, and, uh, and what that means for Air Force innovation going forward, maybe. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, on the, on the 3D printing kind of uh, area, believe it or not, Airmen came to the hub and, and asked, hey, can we 3D print certain solutions for COVID-19? And that's really what transpired uh, and how we got into this, you know. Uh, one of the specific airmen that came up with a 3D print kind of mask and a uh, face shield design uh, asked, hey, is it possible that we can 3D print these and, and you know, mass produce these and, and give them to our medical group and, and whatnot? And I said, why not? Why can't we? So, so basically, you know, we did, we did all the, uh, let's say, uh, fast running on that and then, you know, um, uh, kind of connected that airman specifically with other folks that were designing in uh, 3D printing and then the local colleges I mentioned before for, for testing different designs. And yeah, we really just let let the airmen like run with it, you know, and, and, and then it just exploded into additional 3D printers 
uh, other airmen that are interested in 3D printing, and they came out of the woodworks as well. So, so really, it, it kind of fueled its its own self through through this one airman that just came to the hub and said, hey, can we provide solutions for this? Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, one of the things that I've been saying about, you know, about COVID-19 is that it, it, about a crisis is that it doesn't really make us innovative. It just makes our problems more obvious. And I think that kind of empowered people to, to, you know, learn, like, to, uh, to feel like they had a role, you know, like they saw these problems very clearly in front of us. Um, do you, do you want to talk a little bit about what, what else, what some of the other wins that you've seen out of your yeah. spark cell? Yeah. One, um, one additional yeah. kind of, uh, uh, extension to that, uh, that, uh, previous story about that airman, uh, there was a distinct kind of, uh, obstacle as far as, uh, helping the public and helping, uh, medical facilities outside the gate. Cause you know, uh, being that there was a distinct separation of, uh, well, can we provide solutions for the community and, and across the fence, you know, um, without diving into that, you know, basically we're not allowed to pending, you know, certain authorizations to do certain things like that. So with that said, the, the airmen actually got together with a, a local fab lab that does 3D printing and simply shared the designs with that local fab lab. And that local fab lab set up a task force in the community that uh, had an open call to all folks in the community. Hey, if you have a 3D printer or you'd like to donate to this task force, and lo and behold, boom, 10,000 to 13,000 PPE type of solutions went to this task force uh, location here in the community, and they gave those uh, uh, items directly to the hospitals nearby. So, so man, wow. that, was, that was a really big win and really big story, and it was actually circulated through a lot of articles here. Uh, you, know, you know, so there are ways. I mean, that's a perfect example of, of hey, how can we help the local community? Well, we couldn't help them directly with government funding. Well, you know, you work and collaborate with local fab labs and then set up a task force in the community. Uh, and yeah. of, of course, he, he donated his 3D print uh, uh, solutions as well from out of his garage. But, you know, but lo and behold, you know, there was a solution there. Uh, in addition to that, uh, uh, another airman was working on a 3D printed solution for a hands-free adapter. So, so basically, instead of uh, utilizing your hands to open up doors in, in hospitals, uh, basically 3D print an adapter that you use your arm to open the door. Uh, so with the help of, um, let's say, emerging uh, kind of uh, programs within DOD to, to fund kind of local businesses um, uh, to provide mass-produced these solutions, uh, we're actually getting funding as we speak uh, for one of his solutions to be mass produced. And those solutions are going to um, military bases overseas like Lake and Heath, um, Mildenhall, and, and a lot of other bases here locally. So so that 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 was a very successful thing that came out of COVID is, is all these kind of DOD programs and whatnot with funding and, and pulling in industry and, and small business into the mix. Yeah. You know, as you talk about that task force that you were that you were mentioning, I think it's a perfect, great segue to talk kind of about uh, not only what the Sparkcell was doing with the overall joint acquisition task force um, that was focusing specifically on uh, COVID. It, and you know, it's uh, we're going to have an interview later with some of the the principal players of that uh, in another interview. But one of the things uh, that's really important with the connectivity of what the Sparkcells were doing was. As you were talking about that happening at a low, low, uh, a local level, that was actually happening. No kidding, at a national level, um, that started off with Afworks just saying, "Hey, we we've got to do something about it." Afworks and a couple of partner organizations saying, "We got to do something about this. Like we can't sit back. What could we do?" 
and then launching into really being the the industry portal for uh, assessing and uh, assimilating some of those commercial technologies, capabilities, 3D printing, and giving a gateway um, for companies to be able to say, yeah, we have something that could help with this fight, ag fight against COVID. In fact, it went so well that it went from being an Air Force thing to being a joint thing, and then DOD-wide across uh, all the Department of Defense, where everybody was assessing these uh, requests for information from industry saying, hey, you know, industry was saying, we have something that can help in this area. There was, you know, several different areas and focuses that that we had, but man, Sparkless played a huge part of that because all in all, when you have thousands of RFIs coming from industry saying, hey, we have a technology, we have 3D printing, we have manufacturing capability, we have resources that can help to be able to create PPE or uh, personal, uh, perfect, perfect, uh, wait, personal um, protective equipment. I can say it, yeah. uh, trick yeah. over myself. Uh, per, personal protective equipment, say that three times fast. Um, but we have resources that can help. That was huge. And it was such a flex in such a short amount of time that, it, like I said, it went on to to impact not only the Air Force, not only uh, our joint partners, but also Department of Defense and federal government altogether. And that's that connectivity that Sparksos had into it as well of being able to sort through some of these RFIs and say, hey, this is a really good idea. Like these companies have something that could definitely help and it could help right now. Uh, and then we saw several great programs come out of that uh, of that stand-up, you know, one of them being AFRAMP, which we'll talk about later in another episode, uh, the Air Force Rapid Agile Manufacturing uh, Platform called AFRAMP, to be able to get these processes, these technologies, these capabilities stood up in short order. Uh, and it's amazing that you see what happening is at, what's happening at a grassroots level, at an organization, at a wing, at a squadron, in a community, is able to happen at a national scale because of the precedent that is set at a at a small level. I mean, it's just wild. Rewind the clock five years ago. Could this have happened? I would say no. I would say no. no. Yeah, no, I think you're right it about that. I think that. I think that what we've done uh, over the last several years within the Air Force innovation ecosystem is we've, we've built up, like we were talking about earlier, we've built up that framework uh, that uh, the, the basic operating system for, uh, for that connectedness that we need. Um, That's and, a great way and to put it. that actually makes me, you know, it brings me to something that we usually hit on at the beginning, which is, you know, in addition to this being a, a systemic thing, right? We create the the operating system. It's also an individual and personal thing. Jay, yeah. I'm sort of curious if you want to touch on what your personal journey into the innovation space has been, your experience of you know the Air Force before being a part of this, and and your movement into this space uh, to kind of talk about uh, maybe as a as the reason that we share these personal stories is because we want people to be able to relate to to how how they could maybe get involved or, you know, maybe relate to your experience with Air Force innovation before. So if you could, if you want to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, you know, um, it, it all started, you know, with that, that one kind of uh, uh, event uh, at Travis, you know, to, to kind of um, see what was available out there. But prior to that, you know, I've always kind of been involved in, I guess you could say, uh, testing in the Air Force. So I mentioned previously that I was a test lead of, uh, um, well, I mention it now that I was a previously I was a, a test lead of a, a U.S. Global Hawk uh, program, uh, so uh, I was involved in kind of the testing and acquisitions world, right? And saw that whole JSIS process, you know, and archaic kind of acquisitions that we all love, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, was really frustrated with a lot of uh, capabilities and 
not bringing those things online faster, right? Uh, just because of you know two year, one year type of acquisition process, right? Uh, so yeah. learn that the hard way, or you know, or it's a good lesson, you know, because you know we all go through lessons in our career, and then slowly but surely you, you, you run into more obstacles in your career, and then and then you realize that hey, there there are other networks and other ways to to get this done. Maybe against the grain, and and you know, kind of pertinent to this disruptive AF um, and this podcast, uh, but definitely needed and warranted. So then you uh, slowly started to feel like, well, I think I'm more of that group now. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've, I've seen I've seen this whole kind of process and frustrated with it, and um, and and slowly but surely, I was like, well, I think I want to be on this side. Uh, and 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 I, you know, and then after a small win here, or a small or another one there, or inspiring other airmen, um, you know, you slowly realize that hey, this thing is actually real. Um, this thing, you know, as far as being innovative or, or thinking of uh, better solutions and, and finding the resources and utilizing those resources properly and aligning folks together uh, or collaborating in general, uh, that this could actually be very powerful and, 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 you know, kind of blessed over the last couple of years, you know, and a lot of great leadership that we had across the Air Force to allow this to happen uh, and continue to happen, um, uh, you know, kind of fell into that lane. Um, and then, you know, uh, then I realized that, hey, we are in a better place now. Uh, and all those frustrations that I had two years ago in the test community, um, heck, uh, we're, we're in a better place. So, so it just kept mm -hmm. on fueling itself along the way. But I, I guess my segue into it was uh, seeing that archaic kind of acquisitions world and, and, and seeing, hey, there is an avenue for this. And then I just follow that stream. Uh, and yeah. and that's pretty much it. I think there's something interesting that you said there, which is, hey, I think I'm one of those people. Um, and yeah. that is something that I very much relate to. And it's one reason that I like one, one of my primary avenues for trying to promote innovation is through storytelling. And one of the reasons for that is that I want people to be able to associate, like affiliate themselves, their identity with what I'm talking about, as opposed to just this is entirely about processes, right? It's not entirely about the operating systems. It's not entirely about, you know, creating systems where efficient, you know, we can efficiently pursue innovation. It's also about, it's it's actually maybe even more, it's about people and feeling like they can identify, they can personally feel like they are a part of this movement. And I and that's something that I've heard uh, said in, in a number of different ways. Hey, I think I'm one of them. Like, Hey, those people over there, they're way more like me than this yeah. whole structured, systemic, you know, sterile process, like systems thinking, very, you know, engineered system over here, which is the the old way of of doing, you know, it's Taylorist management, right? It's it's the old way of imagining how we extract value out of human beings and it's more personal. So I I I just want to hit on that that um, hey, I think I'm one of those people. It's something that we should all be striving uh to to instill in in those people who might feel like they're trapped inside a system that doesn't allow them to be who who yeah. they actually are if i can add something to that you know and kind of uh looking back you know over the last couple of years uh really um what it comes down to and i i found this more of uh the formula and, and you know looking back now is is one iding kind of your passions you know so what what, what you're passionate about 
you know, whether it's a life or career or even technology, whatever that passion is, right? Uh, oh boy, getting trigger started on, on passion. Here we go. Every <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Every time. Uh, observe yeah. your landscape, right? So you kind of have to know your landscape and the dynamics and everything that you're dealing with around you, right? And then just simply see where you fit in that landscape and how you can kind of co-evolve, how you can um, evolve both, uh, you know, as far as your passions go and your community or, you know, your work environment around you, uh, you know, and then surprisingly, uh, after you do research and get out there and like definitely get out there and, you know, see the pain points around you, you will find really kind of those, uh, I guess you could say, golden push buttons that start a chain of events that lo and behold, you know, you, you found the next solution or yeah. that, that benefits both your environment and, and you and your passion and, you know, trigger yeah. whatever your passions are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, man, you said it beautifully. Both of you said it beautifully that uh, it really goes from a mindset and a perspective of instead of saying, what does the system tell me I should value? Going from that to saying, what value do I bring to the system? What comes natural to me? It's two, it's two, it's uh, those are completely different mindsets. And I think for a long time, I mean, if you think about generationally, uh, I remember being told when I was younger, if you, if you help the company, the company will help you. Well, it's nothing against business and nothing against systems, but times have changed. The reality is, is that the way that business is done is different now and kind of gone are the days such that, Hey, if you just stick with a party line for the rest of your life, you'll be fine. It's it's not necessarily the way that is. Instead, it's a way of saying, what value do I bring to the system? Because I'm different and I have different perspective and different per, a different way of doing things. And I do have passions. And when we connect people, here it is, here it is, that statement. When we connect people to their passion, they live a fulfilled life. And when you have people who are fulfilled, they achieve things so much faster, more efficient, more effective than they ever would have in the first place. Okay. There's my passion moment I, I just got to say every chance I can say it, I got to say it. Very sure. trigger. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Dude, Jay, it's been so great Viz, having you with us here on the disruptive AF podcast. Thanks so much for joining us again. You hit on something really huge of, of being able to connect people to the innovation network. And that's the biggest thing. Get plugged into the network. If you don't know anything about all this innovation stuff we're talking about, do yourself a favor. Go to AppWorks, uh, the AppWorks website, which you can find in the comment section wherever you're listening. If you're on YouTube, just go to the comment section below. Uh, it, get connected to us. Get connected to the network. Get connected to Spark Innovation or wherever an innovation hub is. And if you don't have it, then start it. Because innovation go. begins with somebody bold enough saying, you know what? We should get started here for sure. So, Dan, it's been great. Jay, thanks so much for being thanks with us so right much. here on Disruptive AF. Uh, make sure you subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the, the bell right next to the subscribe button so you'll get all the notifications of when great content just like this rolls out each and every week. So we'll see you next time. Dan, we'll see you uh, on the next, uh, the next time we get together. See you, Trigger. See you guys right here. Thanks again for joining us on Disruptive AF, your edge of innovation. <laughs>